This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. unpopular opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a bunch of weekly columns for a bunch of internet places, and I would use those columns to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then I would come on this show to defend those opinions. But now I do whatever I want. Joining me today, she is an actual writer with books that you can buy with money. She also does a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff to keep this here network afloat. Ladies and gentlemen, Samantha Clark. Also joining me, she is a fantastic comedian who also is one of the hosts of a fantastic podcast called Facial Recognition. That's also a traveling live show. Stick around to the end of the podcast and she'll tell you where you can see it. Ladies and gentlemen, visit Dasani going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host today, my favorite co-host of all, no co-host, but I do have a couple of guests. Case in point, Fizza Dasani, my sometimes co-host on Conspiracy the Show, is here. Thank you for having me, and I'm disappointed the chef's kiss was not for me. Well, I mean, that it in theory was, because when I don't have a co-host, I can have one extra guest. So it was also for that concept, which would encompass whichever of you two want to think of yourself as the extra guest. So that still doesn't sound great. Hey, Samantha Clark is here, too. <laughs> Hi, happy to not be your co-host. I didn't want to be that anyway. It's a whole lot of pressure because I'm really great at what I do. So, Wait, so does this mean I don't send you an invoice at the end of the podcast? Yes, you can still do that. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just... Capitalism got to you, man. You're just like, I found the loophole. Hell yeah. Exploit (laughs) it. Samantha, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Samantha does a lot of stuff for the network, including helping me research these podcasts and you've been on a few before people know you sure (laughs) all right (laughs) we are off to a swinging start we are talking today about smartphones and how they are a prison that we put ourselves in and like more specifically we're talking about location data but that is uh, pretty intrinsic to how phones work does anyone here on this episode. I don't know why I struggled with that word. Anyone feel like they're addicted to their phone? I can tell you this much. I thought I lost my phone when I was on Maine. Not on Maine, when I was in the state of Maine, (laughs) and it was the worst feeling. It is bad. I had to fly to Florida once, and my phone broke right before I got on the plane, and that was stressful as shit. Samantha, what about you? Yeah, I do my best. I try to detach from it as much as I can, but I've been without before, and 
going to the library for things and having to use a watch for bus schedules. And, you know, it's all a nightmare if you if you lose it. It really is. It is. We're very reliant on our phones now. I've stopped using social media quite a bit. I mean, I'll still get in a Twitter fight if I need to, or I'll tweet out things that I want people to listen to or read, but I don't really use it for entertainment. I don't have any social media apps on my phone, but I still have my phone all the fucking time. And I still find myself picking it up like I used to do when I had social media and I could just hate scroll and entertain myself that way. And now I just pick it up and I'm like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this now? So I'll end Mm -hmm. up just playing solitaire or some shit. I still play (laughs) solitaire like all of your Facebook aunts. But I actually Googled, can a person survive without a phone? Thinking there wouldn't really be any response. But there was. There's an article out there on Norton. That's the the security software. They have a blog. And the article's called Nomophobia. Why you can't live without your smartphone. It's a good name for it. Nomophobia. It means no mobile phobia. We are cyborgs, essentially. We sure are. Yeah. The only thing keeping us from being actual cyborgs is that for now, we still have to carry our phone in our hand. Mm. Once yeah. we can make it a okay, 5G a little time, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only thing keeping us from being able to put these things in our head is 5G isn't robust enough yet. But once it is, you can just implant your phone into your skull and then we'll be able to use them that way. And then we won't need phones anymore. Yay! That'll I'm actually so experiencing. Unhealthy. I'm experiencing shock and horror because I tried to take a nap today. And like I was on one of those group chats where people were just going back and forth my phone was vibrating and i was like i can't have that in my head yeah that's actually one of the signs of nomophobia is if you sleep with your phone not sexually like if you just go to bed and keep your phone next to you which i don't know if i completely agree with that because what if there's an emergency like what if i mean i don't know what you're going to do about it at two in the morning but what if like a family member dies or someone's in trouble and needs help and you're supposed landlines on their nightstand. Yeah, yeah. I guess we could all just lean on our landlines for that. Oh, I just mean people have always had a phone near them at night. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. That far fetched. Right. Yeah. If people keep used to have phones in their bedroom. I think I thought everyone sleeps with their cell phone in their bedroom because there's an alarm and we're cyborgs. Yeah. I use the alarm on my phone too or on my, my watch, which is basically a phone that I can't make phone calls with. But also stuff like checking your phone constantly experiencing phantom vibration that thing where (laughs) you think you hear or feel a phone vibrating somewhere but it's not it's just you expecting that one is oh that's awful yeah (laughs) the worst is when you hear a phone ringing and you pull yours out and you realize it's someone else's phone ringing that happens to me quite a bit androids have a very distinctive ring these days i've experienced the phantom vibrations it's freaky. I think you're addicted to your phone, Fizz. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it. Do we have a choice, though? You know, that's the like, thing. We're going to get into that. Like, I've heard people say that about Facebook. Like, oh, I'm a comedian, so I, I still have to use Facebook. No, you don't. No one's using Facebook for that anymore. But phones, we still got to use those. Yeah, there's not really. And it's a sacrifice even getting off social media. Like I got rid of my Twitter account, which was where I had all of my followers and I've suffered for it. Like I just basically had to decide my mental health was more important than my career. Yeah. You know, it's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I got rid of Twitter. It just like, it felt like an app I would open when I wanted to be angry or sad. So I just Mm -hmm. fucking got rid of it. But nomophobia is a real thing. The journal psychology research and behavior manual 
That's a weird name. Ran an article suggesting that nomophobia should be included in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the DSM-5. That's like the major record label deal of mental disorders. Once you get in that book, you fucking made it. You are a writer on SNL of mental disorders once you hit that point. (laughs) According to a study carried out by a security firm in the UK, 70% of women and 61% of men could be described as suffering from nomophobia. Men, yeah, it does seem like that'd be a little bit higher, but still pretty high. It's way more than half in both cases. The US is worse. What's that? I bet it's worse in the US. Oh yeah, I'm sure. One of the reasons it might be lower for men is men tended to also have more than one phone. So maybe they aren't as worried about losing it because they're all cheating on their wives and have to have a second phone. Unless it's for work. I don't know why else you would have a second phone like unless, or oh. crimes, you know, something like that. That's work. Crime is work. True. That's true. Crime pays. Some of the warning signs, like I mentioned earlier, checking for updates and messages constantly, using your phone in inappropriate places like traffic. Shout out to Jeff May. He'll be back next week. Sleeping with your phone, always carrying a charger. The list goes on and on. Oh, I always carry a charger. Really? Always, always. I'm terrible about that. I'll fucking show up at the airport without a charger in a heartbeat and then have to buy one for $65 from a kiosk. (laughs) I actually I keep one in my purse. It's always there. I bought this last time I was at the airport because <laughs> my tablet died and I had to charge it. So I bought a pink Belkin charger, which I'm not mad at it being pink whatsoever. I think this was $45 and it's like the old micro USB kind. It's not even like a USB-C. Whoa. Fucking insane. Here's an unpopular opinion, right? Like the name of the show. I think gadgets should have stopped at flip phones and iPods and not like iPod touches. That's too close to an actual phone. But the old (laughs) click wheel iPod that just had music and could only play music and phones that we could make phone calls on and just sort of barely text if we needed to. It should have stopped there. World would be a lot better place. I agree with you. Like digital music. You know, I I ranted about that on the 400th episode, but you know, we're, we're going to be paying for music every month for the rest of our lives. And we're going to own none of it because we've all resigned ourselves to using Spotify and with phones. What was it from the great reset there that they say, they say you'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah. We are in the midst of the great reset. So I guess Spotify is a thing that we always had coming, but as for phones, they're just like surgically attached to our hands now and the problem is that makes having any sort of privacy completely impossible do do either of you do anything to like protect your phone as far as like virus protection or firewalls or any shit i have an iphone so i just assume apple (laughs) takes care of that those are supposed to be Um, the safest phones i have a google pixel and i mostly just it's google which is evil but it also does let me like change a lot of the settings. So I kind of take it on myself and I turn off like as much location, camera, microphone access and stuff as I can. Yeah, I try to do that also. The problem is I think most people don't. I think a lot of people, because that's how computer viruses spread. I still maintain you should have to be licensed to use the internet because it's people who will click on any link you email to them that are going to get us all ransomware someday. Like it's people who don't know how to use the internet who spread viruses and same thing with your phone, 
Like, you got to be careful about what you click. But as we'll talk about later, it doesn't really matter anymore. If someone wants to get in your phone, they can just do it. Software out there that they can do it with. But one of the biggest problems with smartphones, aside from giving white nationalists and leftists a quick and easy way to connect, is that if you're using apps on your phone and you are, then your location is being tracked. And like we said, some phones and apps make this harder, but people don't really fuck with fixing it in most cases. We all just kind of assume we're being followed all the time. Yeah. I like when people don't freak out about that. Like that. I've just, I'm sort of accepting the reality that I don't have any real secrets. It's still evidence of everything out there. It still constantly freaks me out. Especially the Instagram thing where you talk about something and now there's ads for it on Instagram. And I know there's people that say that doesn't happen, but if so, fine. My phone's haunted then. It's happened to me. It's (laughs) happened to friends of mine. It happens all the time. Yeah. It's not uncommon. And like that alone is creepy because that's a thing that any fucking tyrant government could just flip a switch and make that. Okay, well, if anyone's saying any anti-government shit, just ping us and let us know and we'll go find them. Yeah, if someone with access wants to fuck you over, well, I mean, they have an arsenal of information on me, so what am I going to do? Yeah, mm-hmm. use your phone like no one's spying. Just fucking do it all. Buy drugs, sell kids, do everything. I don't know where you'd get kids to sell, but... The, what, the dark, dark web? Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, is there like a tour app? <laughs> Is there a Tor app you can use on your there phone? There is. There is. Don't use it. The CIA, it's a CIA honeypot. I was just going to say, that feels like a super duper trap right there. <laughs> the Tor app. No, 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 no. So the other problem with phones is that with most apps, that user agreement basically says, hey, all your location data that we're taking, we're going to sell that to somebody. Like, I feel like we all have at least one app on our phone that has told us that. And I think I'm not alone. I don't, I've never read a single user agreement at all, unless it was for work. If it was for an article, I have read user agreements for that, but never for my own personal life. It's like designed to not be read. Right. They don't use language that everyone can understand. It's a bunch of technical jargon. So, you know, they can cover every part of their ass. It's almost as if they're up to something. (laughs) You know, if these yeah user agreements were like underwear, it wouldn't be a thong. It would be like a big fluffy, you know, undergarment. It just covers fucking everything. A whole body suit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Samantha? Have you ever read even one? I've read one or two. After I saw that documentary, it was like terms and conditions may apply. Oh, came yeah. Out. I think it was like right before Snowden. I went through like a period where I sort of obsessive compulsively tried to read all of them. And I very quickly gave up because it's not just that they're long. They're also in legalese. Yeah. Isn't the Apple one up to like 200 pages now or some shit? It's crazy. And it's like, yeah, you're trying to sign up for something, which you're trying to do quickly. And then they give you this 200 page document to just accept and knowing that you can't sit. I mean, your your Internet would cut out probably before you could even finish that document or like, you know, it's crazy. I'm at the point now that I don't even open them. It could say all my possessions belong to that company if I click agree. And I would have no idea. Like it could just say that in big, bold text and I would still have no idea. 
oftentimes they'll make you scroll to the bottom. So I think yeah. that is a way to cover their ass also. So they're like, well, you scrolled all the way to the bottom. So you had the option to read it and it's bullshit, you know? Yeah. You kind of sign up for something that they like, oh, it takes a minute to sign up. And they give you this 200 page thing to read. Insane. And the thing is that data that apps are collecting and selling to these data brokers it's supposed to be anonymous, but if you know what you're doing, you can tie it to a particular phone because it's showing everywhere you go. Everywhere you've taken your phone is pinging off cell towers. And once it's 5G, those towers are going to be everywhere. So then your phone's really going to be tracking your location. And you can build a profile of a person, you know, where they work, who they're dating, who they're having extramarital affairs with, their political affiliations, doctor's appointments. You can get all of that just from knowing where a person goes from day to day. And then these apps that collect that sell it to these data brokerage firms, basically, that then sell it to whoever they want, including the government, which brings us to 2018 and the Carpenter decision. This guy named Timothy Carpenter was charged with a string of armed robberies after an FBI investigation. During his trial, it came to light that the FBI caught him by requesting his location data from an unnamed wireless carrier. That data included 12,808 location points, cataloging Carpenter's movements over the course of 127 days. That is 101 data points per day on average. Who the fuck's going that many places? We're tracking him around his house. It must be. Yeah. Does he have cell towers in his home? <laughs> like, who's moving this much? I mean, I guess if you're committing a string of armed robberies, you got to move around. But that's a lot of data. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's probably pretty comparable to what they're collecting on everyone. Especially, you know, if you're driving. I don't drive. But if you are, like, everywhere you go is getting tracked. And Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the data points aren't necessarily like a, a geo moving around geographically maybe just that's how often you know it'll check in with the phone so it's like okay they're still there that sort of thing yeah and if it's 101 of those a day that's way more than one an hour that's a lot damn yeah, yeah that would be like every 15 minutes if it was 100 a day right so around. yeah i mean that makes sense that like you know a smartphone would you know ping it's because a lot of these places track your location a lot of these apps will track your location so it's like look you know the location's being tracked constantly so it makes sense it would periodically check in pure speculation on my part but to me i'm not surprised to hear this oh no no not at all yeah and the thing carpenter's lawyers argued was that because the fbi didn't secure a warrant before accessing his location data they violated his fourth amendment rights the government argued that he shouldn't have any expectation to privacy because he kept his location services on. So he's willfully divulging that information. And holy shit, the Supreme Court agreed with Carpenter's lawyers. And their argument was very interesting because it kind of ties to the idea that we can't exist without our phones. Basically, they said you can't accuse someone of willingly sharing information if the act of sharing that information is integral to a person's existence as a human. So like, mm -hmm. yes, you could stop someone from tracking your location data, but you would have to not use a smartphone or at least not use it in the way everyone else does, at which point you're kind of being forced to operate at a lower level than everyone else.
And the Supreme Court decided that wasn't fair. So Timothy Carpenter's lawyers won that argument. That's cool. Huge, huge win for privacy advocates. And for robbery. Yes. Especially for strings of armed robbery. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that is that's huge. Because, yeah, it's just like for them to say he willingly divulged that information. That's a stretch. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know, if someone let off chemical weapons in the air and you walk outside and breathe it and they're like, what? They breathe the air like they can't expect it's always going to be clean. It's a pretty extreme example. Someone else is setting the terms of the situation that you're in to begin with. They can't actually claim that you had freedom of choice. Right. And I say it was sort of a win for privacy advocates because there were a few caveats. One, Timothy Carpenter still went to prison. The Supreme Court threw out that evidence, but then an appeals court decided that because the law hadn't been changed yet, the FBI wasn't operating outside the boundaries of the law when they access that data. So it was still allowed to be used against him. And I mean, don't get me wrong. This guy's guilty as fuck. He's super duper guilty. He obviously did this. It's just he should not have been convicted. He must have had a little money for decent lawyers, though, because this seems like a strong argument. Was there other evidence where like they could have thrown out? Well, I guess they didn't throw out the evidence because the law wasn't in place at the time. Right. They so they must. I mean, was there other evidence besides this because they needed the warrant for this, I guess, like under the new law. But I guess under the old law, if they didn't need the warrant, then they could use the evidence. I'm sure they found other evidence once they arrested him. Yeah. Like, I'm assuming just like money and guns, because he was also, I think, charged with gun crimes. But and that's the thing, I think, like not to be the pessimist in the room, but I like I always hesitate with getting too excited about even these wins because it's like the FBI and other intelligence forces in general, they're all going to do what they want to anyway. And if they can't technically get away with it legally, they'll just use that information still, but then use it to find other things that they can use. This is something they've been doing for decades. Yeah, and it's it's exactly what's happening now, because one of the other problems with the Supreme Court's decision is it was very narrow. It only addressed accessing historical location data from wireless carriers without a warrant. They didn't address real-time tracking. So <laughs> the government still has no oversight into when they start tracking you and just don't stop tracking you. That they can do whenever they want. They also said the government can't request location data from wireless providers without a warrant, but they never addressed whether the government can buy location data from all of those places out there in the world that will sell it to literally anyone. So the concern about the real-time monitoring loophole is kind of what Samantha just said. Without access to a historical database of location data, the pigs are just going to figure out a way to build their own and access it that way. And what they're doing is using these things called stingrays. I remember when these first started surfacing. It was early 2010s. And there were all these articles about weird cell phone towers popping up that weren't actual cell phone towers. And everyone was like, what are these? And they turned out to be stingrays, which are basically fake cell phone towers that when your phone connects to it, whoever's running that tower gets all the data from your phone. And the FBI has set these up all over the place. And now they're able to not only track phones with them, 
but also if your car is equipped with Wi-Fi, that works on the same networks as phones. So now they can track any car with Wi-Fi. And the concern is that they're just going to build a huge database of their own. And if they need to access historical location data, they'll just access their internal database that we'll probably never, ever know about. So yeah, Samantha's right. They're just going to do whatever the fuck they want anyway. It's the American government. Why do they not do that? That's why we're in court with them all the time. Well, it's just like, you know, what chance does an individual by themselves have against a government with all the resources? None. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I'm in awe of the American government (laughs) sometimes. Like, this country is run by a bunch of goddamn master criminals. And the things we're able to get away with and just, I still think we're too big. I think we're too big as a country. It makes it too hard to effectively protest. We need to be 50 state-sized countries so we can really get out in the streets and get some shit done. But I don't know. We're going to get to it. But this is really kind of a hopeless situation that we're not (laughs) going to be able to escape from. So that's fun. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's talk about the other loophole that that Supreme Court decision left open, which is the buying of data on the open market. We're going to talk about three examples of how that has already gone horribly wrong. For starters, the U.S. military has been buying location data of people around the world from otherwise harmless looking apps. There are about three or four Vice articles about this, and they're all very, very long. We'll link to them. But this is how it all came to light, was a result of this Vice investigation. One example is the Muslim Pro app, which is just an app that sets off an alarm when it's time to pray and tells you what direction you should be facing. And at the time of this Vice article, it had 98 million downloads worldwide. Calls itself the most popular Muslim app, which fucking yikes. And all of the location data from this app, because if you think about how that app works, if it's telling you what direction you have to face, then obviously it has your location and you're going to have to enable like GPS to do that. So Everyone using that app, their data is going to this company called X-Mode, and then X-Mode is selling it to the fucking military. And the military is using it for, like, counterterrorism stuff, but also for who knows what else. It's targeting a specific demographic. It sure is. And that's the thing. Like, it's something that people think, well, okay, it's targeting one demographic, so they're just going after terrorists, right? It's like, first of all, that's a little racist, but also it doesn't matter what group they're going after because they could use it to go after your group next. That's what people always fucking lose sight of is like during the Bush era when all these Tea Party fucks were so excited about the Patriot Act and what it was going to do to fight terrorism. It's like the Patriot Act could be used against you next. Like the only thing that needs to happen is white nationalists become terrorists. Then all the people who were cheering for that shit are going to be under the thumb of that shit. And no one ever... they are. They're on those lists. 
Yeah. And so is the left. Yeah, we we did an episode a while back and talked about how the Postal Inspection Service is just monitoring social media for any signs of anti-government behavior or sentiment. And when they sold this program to Republicans, they said, well, we're going to use this to like monitor Antifa and people on the left. And then when they sold it to Democrats, they were like, we're going to use this to track like white nationalists and things of the like. Mm -hmm. So they went to the government and said, we're going to use this to track everybody. It's just that they did it in two separate halves and told them exactly what they wanted to hear. But now the fucking, the post office is probably listening to us record this podcast right now. And if so, again, where's my fucking Mariah Carey glitter album that I ordered from the UK in fucking May. It's the last one I need. Where the hell is it? (laughs) I know. I just I paid for it and it never arrived. I got my money back, but still, is it like in the fucking ocean? What's going on? It's a very rare album. I think one of those shorts wearing fucks took it home. Probably. Yeah, they've been monitoring. They know how hard I've been hustling to get that Mariah Carey glitter vinyl LP. And they fucking intervened. Oof. Goddamn post well, office. The thing about the like the Muslim app too that really strikes me is like i mean the military especially in iraq they like started implementing mass data collection in a way that they hadn't before this was kind of like where this sort of started i mean if you learn about the history of darpa and stuff you you learn that pretty quickly and like it seems pretty likely to me that the government could even have been involved in creating the app begin with, not just buying data from it. And it's kind of genius if you think about it. It's targeting this entire religious group like worldwide and just trying to collect as much data as they can in order to use it for imperialist aims. Like it's it's not just a mark of like the government invading each individual's privacy for the sake of like extra crime stopping or extra like insurrection control or something like that. It's also like for their shitty, you know, oil stealing, land controlling kind of aims. Yeah, I feel like it has implications in the United States, especially for groups like Dreamers. I guarantee there's an app out there that has tracked all of them, and I guarantee they can be located very easily. And boy, is this country going to be shocked when they get deported and Joe Biden doesn't say shit about it. But it feels like that's kind of where we're headed. Everyone's it's kind of fallen off people's radar now that Trump's not in office. But Joe Biden was, I mean, granted, Obama is the one who put DACA in place, but I don't trust Joe Biden to not go, sorry, man, whenever the fucking Supreme Court says, hey, you got to deport all those people. And shit like this is going to make that way easier. Ugh. So that's the scariest app that they were buying location from, but not the only one. Some of the others include an app that makes searching Craigslist easier, which <laughs> that's got to be drugs, right? I mean, it could be prostitution. Yeah. Yeah. Child trafficking, probably. Used to, I don't know about now, but used to be able to get anything off Craigslist. Oh, I met a girl Mm -hmm. once. We were hanging out and she was like, do you mind if I smoke a little meth? And I was like, no, I guess not this last time I ever see you. Go ahead. (laughs) Do you? And she hadn't even been in, in California that long. And I was like, where did you even get meth? And she was like, oh, there's a word you can type in on Craigslist. And it was like something like Windex, I think. I shouldn't probably say that. But sure enough, she went on Craigslist and pulled that word up. And there was clearly meth for sale on Craigslist. So 
I guess. You know the right code. Yeah. I guess you're staying up late tracking Muslims as the government. You're going to want to get on Craigslist and find some fucking math to stay up and do it more effectively. Or maybe they're trying to track other people doing it. Either way. So what happens if people like actually want to find like a glass cleaning agent on Craigslist? Then what do you do? I'd even be a little suspicious as to why you were looking on Craigslist. (laughs) For Windex? For actual Windex? Yeah. Did you check your local grocery store first? (laughs) Well, I can say when I was offering housekeeping services on Craigslist like a decade ago, a lot of people thought that it was code and they would hit me up like I was offering prostitution services. Oh, I wonder how often that happens. That kind of shit always blows my mind when you hear these stories about like, oh, this is code for this on the Internet. I'm like, where are these code books? How do you even find that? Like, doesn't at least one of those interactions have to be, hey, child porn means cheese pizza. Delete this message. I thought Samantha was going to say, like, she put something like, I'm, I'll Windex windows and people started hitting her up for meth. <laughs> well, Samantha does sell meth. So there's that. Yeah, well, the, that I do, obviously. But I do that over Signal. Right, right. Just joking, FBI. Oh, just kidding. I would never use Signal. <laughs> <laughs> So they also were buying data from an app that follows storms. What's that for? That I don't understand. Also, an app that can be used as a level, like to install shelves and shit. The government was also buying location data from that, which it really is a thing where you're someone's watching you no matter what you're doing on your phone. Like even when I'm again on my phone playing solitaire, I guarantee the NSA is like, man. This guy's good at solitaire. Holy shit. <laughs> there was also another company, Locate X, that sold location data to counterterrorism units within the military, sometimes to help execute drone strikes. That's comforting. Very comforting. And the government's argument here is that because the Carpenter decision only addressed requesting information from wireless carriers, they're still free to buy data on the open market until the courts tell them otherwise. And are they wrong? Like, who's going to tell them otherwise? Me. (laughs) I'm going to take this cause up. You actually read the user agreement. (laughs) I sure did. Armed with knowledge. Yeah. It actually says right in the user agreement how to turn this off for everyone on the internet. It's just no one ever reads it. It's on page 167, (laughs) uh, second to last paragraph in legalese, so you might need a translator. It's a footnote. Very small print. It should be pointed out that some of these apps... Muslim Pro included, or so they claim, did not know the location data they were selling to X mode was in turn being sold to the government. And after learning this, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Because here's the thing. There have to be a ton of apps like that. There's no way Muslim Pro is the only app. Because it seems like if I had to pray at a certain time every day and be facing a certain direction, I'd forget that. Like, I'd forget all the fucking time. I would need an app to tell me so there have to be a ton of these who's gonna have the marketing power to get 98 million goddamn downloads in a market that's probably crowded as shit government obviously like we know the government the cia has an investment capital firm in silicon valley like that's confirmed fascinating the cia primarily operates through like shell companies basically right it's called inqtel It's the name of the CIA's venture capital firm, where 
If you're working on some tech that they think can be used to overthrow a government or suppress people of color, they will pump some money into it to help you develop that app. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if they had a hand in developing Muslim Pro. And like Samantha said, with the shell companies, you wouldn't even necessarily know you're dealing with the CIA. I think in most cases, you probably wouldn't. It's definitely easier for them if you don't. That's their MO, right? Yeah. They're not going to show up. Sneaky. <laughs> yeah. During MK Ultra, the CIA was running brothels in San Francisco. And I always wondered, like, how did they get people to those? Like, you couldn't just put a sign up, but they fucking, they're everywhere. And when you get anybody at any brothel, fucking. they probably had, they probably had existing brothel owners as assets. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me. So, yeah, we know the CIA pumps money into shit like this. So it would not be at all shocking if they were involved in the development of that app. Another way this is being used, I don't think I even needed to tell anyone this, ICE is using it to track immigrants near the Mexican border. Of course. Like th- It's that, evil. Yeah, it's evil and it seems like an obvious move for them. In an internal memo reported on by BuzzFeed, DHS attorney Chad Mazel outlined how ICE officials can look up locations and track cell phone data activity for enforcement purposes. Memo also provided suggestions for how to do this without violating a person's Fourth Amendment rights, but only in like the most technical sense possible. They know they're violating Fourth Amendment rights. And again, the argument is that because they're using data they purchased, it isn't a problem. And it feels like a problem. Where's Chad? I work for ICE. Yeah. And I think this is like the, well, no, the, I think the head of DHS is named Chad also, like Chad Wolf or something like that. Or under Trump, he was. I don't know. So, yeah. You can't have Chads in the government. That's not a government name. That's a bad guy name. Yeah. Is anyone surprised ICE is doing this? No. It kind of reminds me of the Amazon thing where Amazon is selling facial recognition to ICE. And we're all like, eh, shipping is so fast, though. What are we going to do? Yeah, and there's some stuff you can't get anywhere else anymore. Yeah, I do kind of feel like Amazon is becoming like a smartphone in that we know it's just destroying the world around us. But what else are you going to do? Like, there's no going back. And I'm not I'm not listening to this get in your car and drive to a mom and pop store shit. The pushback I got when I said, listen, you could stop using Spotify and just buy CDs and rip them to your computer. People acted like I was asking them to traverse a fucking mountain. It's like you are sitting at your computer putting a disc in and pushing one button. And people were like, fuck that. So don't tell me to go to stores. God damn it. We just are a sucker for convenience. Convenience and saving money. Yeah. Well, it doesn't help that we can't afford anything else anymore either. You know, wage stagnation. People are working too much to be able. We actually don't have as much time to go places anymore. It's not as easy to find things anymore. Good luck finding a Radio Shack. See, that's the thing, too. A lot of people I know who really argue against the idea of ordering shit on Amazon are also people I know who have a whole lot of free time. <laughs> like if you For don't real. if you don't have that free time, like if you're working a nine to five job, coming home, taking care of kids, waking up and taking care of kids and getting them off to school, you don't have the fucking time to run to the store and buy the shit you need sometimes. So it is in a lot of ways, Amazon is kind of becoming the same thing where it's just inescapable. They're also putting surveillance cameras on all their vans. So also inescapable mm-hmm. that way. And they sell ring doorbells, so they're putting cameras on 
the front of everyone's homes. Well, and of course, this is only like dramatically escalated over the last couple of years with COVID. Yeah, COVID was so good for Amazon. Don't get me wrong. It was good for podcasts too, but not the way it was good for Amazon. So let's talk about a third way that this location data shit can spin out of control. And this is the scariest one to me because it's not the government. Monsignor Jeffrey Burrell, the top administrator of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, resigned after a Catholic media site accessed his cell phone location data, which showed he was a regular user of Grinder and frequented gay bars. Now, see, this shit is terrifying because, again, this isn't the government tracking a criminal. This is a media outlet going after a dude and outing him as gay using the exact same publicly available data the government is in trouble for buying. And it's one of those cases where it's happening to someone who a lot of people won't necessarily view as a sympathetic figure. Because if you're Catholic, you're going to be like, well, you're not supposed to be doing that as a Catholic priest, so maybe you shouldn't have done that and you wouldn't have got caught. And if you're not Catholic, it's not like the Catholic Church is cool to gay people. So when one of theirs gets outed as gay, most people are just going to laugh about it. But this shit is really bad. Like, this could literally happen to anyone for any number of reasons. and it Anyone with the resources can really ruin anyone's life. Yeah. It's kind of similar to the Gawker thing, where on the one hand, yeah, it was shitty that Gawker outed someone as gay once again, but we have protections in place for corporations, for doctors, for all these different businesses that keep them from being sued out of existence. And for some reason, we just overlooked media outlets when we were putting those rules in place. So if you have a vendetta against a media outlet and enough money to drag it out in court forever, you can kill them. That's what happened to Gawker. Peter Thiel was like, I got way more money than you, so we'll just take this to court for fucking Ever. And he hired the best lawyers and he was able to kill Gawker. And people cheered about it like it was setting a good precedent. And it, it just really reinforced the idea that if you're rich and don't agree with someone, you can destroy them through the courts or otherwise. And yeah, now it's this shit we got to worry about. So I guess don't do it's like any. That principle of like, just you have to stand up for people even that you don't agree with on principle when their rights are being violated. It's like we seem to have forgotten that. And there's a real reason that that's a thing. Yeah, we're we're very we figure out how to use how to use your like principles against you in a way like this. We'll be like, no, it's good we go after Gawker because they went after a gay person. It's like, OK, that's true. And also, yeah, <laughs> there's more of the story here. Yeah, it's a little more complex than that. And. I don't deny that what this guy was doing is not in accordance with the job he held, and I'm sure it would get you fired in any circumstance. That doesn't mean what he's doing is wrong, obviously. I think I'm on record in that regard. But so you could make the argument, well, yeah, just don't do that and you won't get caught. But that's the argument a lot of people lean on is, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then what's it matter if they track you? And it's like, that's not the point, because who defines what wrong means? Like right now, wrong is, you know, anti-government shit. But like what what side of the government are you on? Yeah, they exposed him not because he was doing something illegal. They basically just wanted to destroy his position in his society. Yeah. And I mean, I guess you could even argue that's sort of their job. Like as a Catholic media outlet, it is news if someone in that high ranking of a position is doing these things. 
it's just so scary how they were able to just get this information by just like they haven't disclosed exactly how they got it, but they obviously just bought it unless they hacked his phone, in which case that would be a little problematic. Yeah, that's meant to be a constitutional protected right, and it's been violated. No matter what their job is, they shouldn't be able legally to do that. He should have recourse. Yeah. And we don't uphold these rights very well in this country because, you know, probably we never really meant it to begin with. But, you know, like the whole thing that it it doesn't cause more outrage is really scary. Yeah. I really do feel like we've given up a little bit when it comes to this, because like when we did a bunch of episodes about COVID and contact tracing always came up. And I would always mention, you know, that's that's you just giving the government access to where you are all the time. And the the thing we know about governments who get powers like that, they don't give them back. Like once we feel COVID is over, they're not just going to flip that switch and turn it off. I mean, you could delete the app and maybe that would work. But beyond that, like we're just handing it over. And I know so many people who are like, yeah, but Facebook's been following me for 10 years. So what do I care? It's like, God, that's bleak. Like, yeah. like we're just going to yeah. walk into it. So let's close on something that isn't, this isn't necessarily location data related, but it's still very much phone related. And it's just more proof that if you're carrying around a smartphone all the time, as you are, because we all kind of have to now, anyone at any time can get into that phone and find out so many things about you. Because we keep, our phones are computers now. Like all the stuff we used to keep on laptops and desktops, it's in your phone now. Like your banking information, everything. And this is a story that should be huge global news. And apparently only England gives a shit. An Israeli surveillance company called NSO Group has been selling spyware called Pegasus that lets sketchy governments spy on pretty much any phone they want. They have even successfully managed to install this on the latest iPhones running the latest iPhone software. The Guardian reached out to Apple for comment on that, and Apple's only response was, security experts agree the iPhone is the safest phone. They didn't say, no, they haven't hacked our phone. They just said, yeah, we're the safest. But yes, your phone can still be hacked. And once they're in, they can access messages and calls, activate the camera or microphone. They can record your calls, access your calendar. All sorts of shit. Group selling the software swears it only sells to governments with good human rights records and only for the tracking and targeting of criminals and terrorists. Because we know how there's so many governments with good human rights records out there. (laughs) And, you know, of course, the Israeli government would know how to determine that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, you know, good according to who? Yeah. What's a good human rights record according to Israel? Yeesh. Hates the Palestinians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Appropriately harsh to Muslims. So when the Guardian, which is the outlet in the UK that broke this story, they actually did it, though, in conjunction with like 16 other media outlets. And still not big news. Weird. They got a list of some of the names targeted by this spyware that is allegedly just for criminals and terrorists. And it's like all journalists and world leaders and shit. Emmanuel Macron from France is on the list like what macron is a threat you know that we're dealing with some paranoid nuts yeah like what crime or act of terror has that guy committed one of the journalists on this list nothing suspect about this mexican freelance reporter cecilio pineda 
Berto. He's on the list and also was murdered after his killer somehow found him at a car wash. And according to the data from this investigation, this spyware was used aggressively against him in the weeks leading up to his murder. And his killers were able to track him to a car wash, and he was killed there. Also, when the police investigated, they were never able to find his phone. You know, they sound like people with really good human rights records. Oh, yeah. The Mexican government, they're great. (laughs) What kills me about this article is they list all these countries that they asked if they're using this, and they didn't ask the United States. It's probably just assumed. If it's an Israeli thing, like, we have Mm -hmm. it. We team up with Israel on computer shenanigans all the fucking time. That's how the Stuxnet virus happened. So, yeah, Yeah. we we probably have this. Yeah. And I would say, too, it's important. I mean, I've heard of Pegasus before because of when people talk about end-to-end encryption, it's something that comes up because you're you know, apps like Signal and encrypted mail services and things like that, they use end-to-end encryption, which means that it, while the message is being transported, it can't be read. It can't be unencrypted by, theoretically, it can't be unencrypted without the key that's on your own phone. But the government or whoever wants to spy on you really only needs access to your phone. And that's what Pegasus is, is access to your phone. So they can still read your your supposedly encrypted messages to that. Right. And they also, the latest advance in this, which they promote on their own website, are something called zero-click attacks, which are exactly what they sound like. It used to be that for something like this to get installed on your phone, you'd have to click a shady link. No more. Now this software can just break into your phone without you clicking anything. And yeah, that once that happens, that just blows all that WhatsApp anonymity out of the water because once they're in your phone, they can just open WhatsApp and see what the fuck you're saying. So, it's a problem. And as a result of these revelations, Edward Snowden poked his head out of the ground to advise that we impose a global moratorium on the international spyware trade. This is a quote Well, first, he explained that in the past, monitoring a person's communications would require, quote, to break into somebody's house or go to their car or go to their office, and we'd like to think they'll probably get a warrant. If they can do the same thing from a distance with little cost and no risk, they begin to do it all the time against everyone who's even marginally of interest. If you don't do anything to stop the sale of this technology, it's not just going to be 50,000 targets, it's going to be 50 million targets and it's going to happen much more quickly than any of us expect. Can I just say, now that I know how easy this is, if not a single government has done it to me, I'm going to feel kind of shitty about myself. (laughs) Like, I was written up in the Philippines media for comparing Duterte to Trump. If the Philippines hasn't gotten on my phone as a result of that, fuck them. God, because You don't want to be a nobody? Right? Yeah, for real. I would be salty if I wasn't on that list. And... One of the problems that Snowden brought up about this is that our phones are all pretty much the same. You either have an Android or iPhone. I mean, there's variations, but most of them run on those two platforms. So here's another quote. When we're talking about something like an iPhone, they're all running the same software around the world. So if they find a way to hack one iPhone, they found a way to hack 
all of them, which mm-hmm. that makes sense. And one of the things he points out is that there's nothing safety involved with this. Like they're not selling stuff that can prevent your phone from getting infected with any of this. They're just selling the infection. So it might sound crazy to suggest, hey, we should just ban people from selling this. But that's what we do with nuclear weapons. There's no, you can't just commercially buy nuclear weapons because we accept that you could destroy lots and lots of people with a tool like this. We can't go to Walmart and buy a nuke? Nope, just hunting rifles still, I think. I think they did stop selling handguns to their credit, but you can still get rifles at Walmart. I'm sure if they could sell us like suitcase nukes, they fucking would, but they know we'd use them against them. (laughs) This is my favorite quote. When the Guardian asked Snowden what people could do to protect themselves, he said this scary shit. What can people do to protect themselves from nuclear weapons? There are certain industries, certain sectors from which there is no protection. And that's why we try to limit the proliferation of these technologies. We don't allow a commercial market in nuclear weapons. That's a great fucking point. Like, there's no reason anyone should be allowed to sell this shit. And there's especially no reason they should be selling it to governments. Like, no matter what they say about, oh, we check their human rights, they sold it to fucking Viktor Orban in Hungary. And that guy does not have a good human rights record. And when The Guardian checked what he was using it for, again, it was all journalists and the family and friends of a guy who ran one of the country's only independent media outlets. So that's a problem. No, yeah. Humanity as a whole needs to intervene on things like this and just put our foot down and be like, absolutely, we don't want anybody having access to this. And we need to just agree that and we need to enforce it. There's no reason for someone with a good human rights record to need this shit. Because what are you using it for but to violate human rights, including nuclear weapons? (laughs) Well, the problem is the powers that be are the ones buying it up the ones who make the laws are the ones using this so it's yeah i mean it is bleak in a way yeah we're, we're prisoners yeah. to our phones but i'm getting really good at solitaire not gonna fucking, <laughs> fucking murdering it doesn't mean that you can't try to minimize your exposure i mean you can't it's true you can't avoid it but it doesn't like i i have a it sucks how much people like give up and then just go whatever just take it all and we don't have to do that yeah Putting virus protection on your phone, like I use Kaspersky because I trust the Russians to know a thing or two about keeping people away from viruses. They certainly know how to deliver them. What type of phone? I have an Android. Okay. That shit's three ninety nine a month. I feel like that's worth it. And also, yeah, whenever an app pops up and it's asking to use your location data, unless you can think of a good reason why it would need to, like if it's like a find your phone thing, of course, you're going to have to do that. But if it's, I don't know, a fucking game and it's like, hey, we need your location data, just say no. Like most phones now will give you a pop-up that says, I I would hope, mine does. And you can just disable that shit right then and there. There's also, I'm pretty sure, apps that will go through your apps and tell you which ones have location data on. So you can just go in and turn it off. And yeah, like sometimes you're going to need On my phone, which is an Android, you can select like only while using the app or only this time or whatever. So like my camera, I I say only this time every single time. I don't give my camera app access to my location data or my audio or camera unless I'm using it in that very moment. Yeah. And like even sometimes the convenience isn't really worth it. Like if you're on, I don't know, 
DoorDash? And they're like, where are we delivering to? Can we use your location data? Fucking type your address in. Like, that's just as easy. It's not going to break your fucking fingers to just type your address instead of giving DoorDash information that they can sell to X mode, who can then sell it to the government. And now the government knows what food chain supply to poison (laughs) to fucking kill you. Typing in their address might be like their version of going to the mom and pop store. Yeah. Exactly. That's too much. It's too much for me. You want me to type with my phone? Get out of here. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm still going to use my phone. I have really seriously considered just like going back to having a phone strictly for emergency purposes. Like, because in that case, I would just get like a fucking Nokia flip phone and keep it in the glove compartment of my car that I never drive. Because it's, it really is getting out of control with how much they can monitor us. But also, where would I play solitaire? I feel like I could probably still play it on one of those Nokia phones. That's the thing. Maybe I should just make the switch. I did buy an iPod. And- a deck of cards. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'll pick those up at the general store, ma. I'll get them on Amazon. <laughs> That's a good point. I can probably get them delivered today. Yeah. I don't know. I bought an iPod, though. I'm not really fucking with Spotify anymore. I still have it, so I don't know what the point is, but I at least made that leap so the government doesn't know what songs I listen to on repeat when I'm depressed and or (laughs) writing, which in both circumstances, I tend to just listen to the same song over and over and over. And now the government- They don't know which songs you've thumped down so they can play them at at, uh, full volume when you're in Guantanamo. I always wonder that. Like, are they doing research like that? Like, do they know if you play fucking Nookie by Limp Biscuit in the right environment, it's just going to kick off a riot? That's the data I want to see. <laughs> what are the most dangerous songs? I want to know that. So do we have any final thoughts on smartphones? Fizz, are you getting rid of your phone? No, no, I, I've already sort of have had my hands up in a way. Like, I'll turn it off when I have an option, but like, it just seems like such a task to protect everything but i mean i understand what what samantha was saying about like don't give up completely it's just you know we're in a world where we're so addicted to convenience and it's such a to-do it sure is yeah i don't i don't plan to give up my phone but i just plan to not use it in a way that makes it super easy to find me because i don't go anywhere for one thing like i'm very easy to track. I mostly stay around my apartment area because I don't have a license right now. You get in a car accident and hurt someone while you're driving without a license, woof, you are going to prison. So I'm probably pretty easy to track right now. Like a drone strike would be an ideal move for me. But I feel like once I do start moving around again, I don't know. I might just go back to a fucking emergency phone. Burner? Mm, yeah. See, that's an option. You can do a burner phone, but that also feels hack like a, those two. Yeah, they can hack those two. And also that feels like the run into a mom and pop store of hiding from the government. It's like, I got to buy a fucking phone card with cash every month. <laughs> Come on. just And it can be hacked. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, just take me to Guantanamo already. God. So yeah, who knows? Yeah. We're screwed. If we I are- can ever get rid of my phone, I will, but there's a good chance I never Never can. We're prisoners, at least until we can get them in our heads. Then then, then we'll be free. <laughs> exactly. Then they'll have no way to track us. But I bet those things are going to be rigged to like explode in your head if you get out of line, which would actually be pretty cool. <laughs> 
Like if you were on the bus and someone's head next to you just exploded, come on, you want to see that yeah, one. I don't even think that's far-fetched. Yeah, I don't either. Do you think the chips are something that's going to happen in our lifetime? Elon Musk already is working on them. His version is called Neuralink, and there it's already a company. They have a website, and he's said repeatedly that the only thing keeping us from being able to do it on a mass scale right now is that 5G hasn't proliferated throughout the country enough. But once there's a lot of 5G saturation, our internet will be fast enough to support that kind of thing. And at that point, he wants to take your phone and put it in your goddamn head, which... Absolutely not. Yeah. I would live in the mountains before I did that. that I do feel like that's going to be... Or at the very least, I'm just going to keep using a regular smartphone and people are going to be like, <laughs> you still carry a phone? Yes, I do. I have it rubber banded to my iPod. We yeah. all have to get used to doing the mom and pop painful stuff, I think. Yeah. <laughs> typing in our <laughs> typing, <laughs> just typing. Yeah, I like typing the whole address every time. I like that we imagine losing the Internet as if it would be some kind of apocalypse. And it's like, no, we just go back to what it was like in like 88, which we just didn't have the internet, but we survived. It would be I fun. mean, in the 90s, it was nice to, you know, not be able to be tracked, be able to like disappear for a little bit. My parents didn't like it, but, you know, it was nice not to get a barrage of calls if I'm gone. And using like a bus, an a bus schedule on paper or a fucking, you know, TV guide or whatever was not that hard. No. It really wasn't. <laughs> No, I would get... It would not be that bad to go back. Or that... Thomas guides that sp- were pretty comprehensive. Yeah. To- that I knew someone who knew the Thomas guide to Los Angeles like the back of her fucking hand. And yeah, like, or the old scrolling TV guide. You could just switch to a channel and it would s- slowly scroll through what was on. I used to get high and just lose myself in that. Like, you <laughs> smoke a joint and look up 45 minutes later and it's like, oh, this has been scrolling for a while. Yeah, we could just go back to that. Let's go back to all of that, but also with a way for me to still make money making podcasts. That is the ideal setup there. I want the government to have to work to put us down. God damn it. Not just be able to do it on our phones. But I think that's our episode, right? We've all resigned ourselves to the fact that we're always going to have our phones and we'll try to make it as hard as possible for the government to find us. But they'll find us. They'll ultimately find us. They're going to find us all. Eventually, that's the way this country is headed. I don't think any of us is safe from where this country is headed. (laughs) But, you know, we probably got a few good years. We got at least the rest of the Biden administration, maybe. So that's what, two years, probably two and a half years, year and a half. If he doesn't become the Kamala administration that time. (laughs) Yeah, at least she'll be cool about law and order stuff. She historically always has been. (laughs) She's a cop. All right, we should probably wrap this up. Do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Samantha, how about you? I have a newsletter you can subscribe to if you want to, goodworks.substack.com. And I have poetry books on Amazon. You can find if you just search Samantha Clark Poetry. It's Clark with an E, everybody. With an E, yes. Thank you. I forgot that when I mailed you your Christmas gift. I'm sorry. Oh, how dare you. Yeah, I've been thinking about it ever since. Fizza, what do you got to plug? Oh, I have a couple things. If you want to see me do stand-up, facial recognition comedy, the show I created will be at Laugh Factory Hollywood on Thursday, August 12th at 9.30 p.m. And uh, we'll also be in New York Comedy Club, the Gramercy location, on Friday, 
August 27th at 11.30 p.m. And then we'll be at Irvine Improv on Sunday, October 17th at 7 p.m. Pacific. And if you can't make it to an IRL show, check us out on Clubhouse every Monday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. It is a social audio app and it's an interactive comedy show featuring stand-up and interactive games with the audience. Very nice. I think I'm going to be touring in September with Travis Clark and Andy Sell. We are going to Knotfest, which is a music festival headlined by Slipknot. Hell yeah. Then we are, I think, going to do some shows around that. So keep your eyes peeled for details about that. And unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech or patreon.com slash unpops. You can subscribe. We got all kinds of new subscription options. So go check that out. Give me some fucking money for doing this, please. Or if you don't want to, hey, I love you all the same. Thanks for listening. Let's get the fuck out of here. Samantha, say goodbye. Goodbye. Fizza, say goodbye. See y'all later. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Bring a blood object to Bristol Street! Bring a blood object to Bristol Street!